part two chapter five of a popular history of astronomy during the nineteenth century this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org a popular history of astronomy during the nineteenth century by agnes mary clark chapter five temperature of the sun newton was the first who attempted to measure the quantity of heat received by the earth from the sun his object in making the experiment was to ascertain the temperature encountered by the comet of sixteen eighty at its passage through perihelion he found it by multiplying the observed heating effects of direct sunshine according to the familiar rule of the inverse squares of the distances to be about two thousand times that of red-hot iron determinations of the sun's thermal power made with some scientific exactness date however from eighteen thirty seven a few days previous to the beginning of that year herschel began observing at the cape of good hope with an actinometer and obtained results agreeing quite satisfactorily with those derived by pouillet from experiments made in france some months later with a pyroheliometer pouillet found that the vertical rays of the sun falling on each square centimetre of the earth's surface are competent apart from atmospheric absorption to raise the temperature of one point seven six three three grams of water one degree centigrade per minute this number one point seven six three three he called the solar constant and the unit of heat chosen is known as the calorie hence it was computed that the total amount of solar heat received during a year would suffice to melt a layer of ice covering the entire earth to a depth of thirty point eighty nine metres or one hundred feet while the heat emitted would melt at the sun's surface a stratum eleven point eight zero metres thick each minute a careful series of observations showed that nearly half the heat incident upon our atmosphere is stopped in its passage through it herschel got somewhat larger figures though he assigned only a third as the spoil of the air taking a mean between his own and pouillet's he calculated that the ordinary expenditure of the sun per minute would have power to melt a cylinder of ice one hundred and eighty four feet in diameter reaching from his surface to that of a centauri or putting it otherwise that an ice rod forty five point three miles across continually darted into the sun with the velocity of light would scarcely consume in dissolving the thermal supplies now poured abroad into space it is nearly certain that this estimate should be increased by about two-thirds in order to bring it up to the truth nothing would at first sight appear simpler than to pass from a knowledge of solar emission a strictly measurable quantity to a knowledge of the solar temperature this being defined as the temperature to which a surface thickly coated with lamp-black that is of standard radiating power should be raised to enable it to send us from the sun's distance the amount of heat actually received from the sun 
sir john herschel showed that heat rays at the sun's surface must be ninety two thousand times as dense as when they reach the earth but it by no means follows that either the surface emitting or a body absorbing those heat rays must be ninety two thousand times hotter than a body exposed here to the full power of the sun the reason is that the rate of emission consequently the rate of absorption which is its correlative increases very much faster than the temperature in other words a body radiates or cools at a continually accelerated pace as it becomes more and more intensely heated above its surroundings newton however took it for granted that radiation and temperature advance pari passu that you have only to ascertain the quantity of heat received from and the distance of a remote body in order to know how hot it is and the validity of this principle known as newton's law of cooling was never questioned until de la roche pointed out in eighteen twelve that it was approximately true only over a low range of temperature while five years later dulong and petit generalized experimental results into the rule that while temperature grows by arithmetical radiation increases by geometrical progression adopting this formula pouillet derived from his observations on solar heat a solar temperature of somewhere between one thousand four hundred and sixty one degrees and one thousand seven hundred and sixty one degrees centigrade now the higher of these points which is nearly that of melting platinum is undoubtedly surpassed at the focus of certain burning glasses which have been constructed of such power as virtually to bring objects placed there within a quarter of a million of miles of the photosphere in the rays thus concentrated platinum and diamond become rapidly vaporized notwithstanding the great loss of heat by absorption first in passing through the air and again in traversing the lens Pouillet's maximum is then manifestly too low since it involves the absurdity of supposing a radiating mass capable of heating a distant body more than it is itself heated less demonstrably but scarcely less surely mr j j waterston who attacked the problem in eighteen sixty erred in the opposite direction working up on newton's principle data collected by himself in india and at edinburgh he got for the potential temperature of the sun twelve million eight hundred and eighty thousand degrees fahrenheit equivalent to seven million one hundred and fifty six thousand degrees centigrade the phrase potential temperature for which Biol substituted in eighteen seventy six effective temperature was designed to express the accumulation in a single surface postulated for the sake of simplicity of the radiations not improbably received from a multitude of separate solar layers reinforcing each other and might thus it was explained be considerably higher than the actual temperature of any one stratum 
at rome in eighteen sixty one father secchi repeated waterston's experiments and reaffirmed his conclusion while soret's observations made on the summit of mont blanc in eighteen sixty seven furnished him with materials for a fresh and even higher estimate of ten million degrees centigrade yet from the very same data substituting dulong and petit's for newton's law vicaire deduced in eighteen seventy two a provisional solar temperature of one thousand three hundred and ninety eight degrees this is below that at which iron melts and we know that iron vapour exists high up in the sun's atmosphere the matter was taken into consideration on the other side of the atlantic by ericsson in eighteen seventy one he attempted to re-establish the shaken credit of newton's principle and arrived by its means at a temperature of four million degrees fahrenheit subsequently an underrated computation based upon observation of the quantity of heat received by his sun motor gave him three million degrees and the result as he insisted followed inevitably from the principle that the temperature produced by radiant heat is proportional to its density or inversely as its diffusion the principle however is demonstrably unsound in eighteen seventy six the sun's temperature was proposed as the subject of a prize by the paris academy of sciences but although the essay of m jules viol was crowned the problem was declared to remain unsolved viol who adhered to delong and petit's formula arrived at an effective temperature of one thousand five hundred degrees centigrade but considered that it might actually reach two thousand five hundred degrees centigrade if the emissive power of the photospheric clouds fell far short as seemed probable of the lamp black standard experiments made in april and may eighteen eighty one giving a somewhat higher result he raised this figure to three thousand degrees centigrade appraisements so outrageously discordant as those of waterston secchi and ericsson on the one hand and those of the french savants on the other served only to show that all were based upon a vicious principle professor f rossetti accordingly of the paduan university at last perceived the necessity for getting out of the groove of laws plainly in contradiction with facts the temperature for instance of the oxyhydrogen flame was fixed by bunsen at two thousand eight hundred degrees centigrade an estimate certainly not very far from the truth but if the two systems of measurement applied to the sun be used to determine the heat of a solid body rendered incandescent in this flame it comes out by newton's mode of calculation forty five thousand degrees centigrade by dulong and petit's eight hundred and seventy degrees centigrade both then are justly discarded the first as convicted of exaggeration the second of undervaluation the formula substituted by rossetti in eighteen seventy eight was tested successfully up to two thousand degrees centigrade but since like its predecessors it was a purely empirical rule guaranteed by no principle and hence not to be trusted out of sight it was like them liable to break down at still higher elevations 
radiation by this new prescription increases as the square of the absolute temperature that is of the number of degrees counted from the absolute zero of minus two hundred and seventy three degrees centigrade its employment gave for the sun's radiating surface an effective temperature of twenty thousand three hundred and eighty degrees centigrade including a supposed loss of one-half in the solar atmosphere and setting a probable deficiency in emission as compared with lamp-black against a probable mutual reinforcement of superposed strata professor rossetti considered effective as nearly equivalent to actual temperature a law of cooling proposed by m stephan at vienna in eighteen seventy nine was shown by boltzmann many years later to have a certain theoretical validity it is that emission grows as the fourth power of absolute temperature hence the temperature of the photosphere would be proportional to the square root of the square root of its heating effects at a distance and appeared by stephan's calculations from viol's measures of solar radiative intensity to be just six thousand degrees centigrade while m h le chatelier derived seven thousand six hundred degrees from a formula conveying an intricate and unaccountable relation between the temperature of an incandescent body and the intensity of its red radiations from a series of experiments carefully conducted at Daramona, ireland with a delicate thermal balance of the kind invented by boys and designated a radio micrometer messrs wilson and gray arrived in eighteen ninety three with the aid of stephan's law at a photospheric temperature of seven thousand four hundred degrees centigrade reduced by the first-named investigator in nineteen o one to six thousand five hundred and ninety degrees dr passion of hanover on the other hand ascribed to the sun a temperature of five thousand degrees from comparisons between solar radiative intensity and that of glowing platinum while f w very showed in eighteen ninety five that a minimum value of twenty thousand degrees centigrade for the same datum resulted from passion's formula connecting temperature with the position of maximum spectral energy a new line of inquiry was struck out by zollner in eighteen seventy instead of tracking the solar radiations backward with the dubious guide of empirical formulae he investigated their intensity at their source he showed that taking prominences to be simple effects of the escape of powerfully compressed gases it was possible from the known mechanical laws of heat and gaseous constitution to deduce minimum values for the temperatures prevailing in the area of their development these came out twenty seven thousand seven hundred degrees centigrade for the strata lying immediately above and sixty eight thousand four hundred degrees centigrade for the strata lying immediately below the photosphere the former being regarded as the region into which and the latter as the region from which the eruptions took place in this calculation no prominences exceeding forty thousand miles one point five minutes in height were included but in eighteen eighty four g a hearn of colmar having regard to the enormous velocities of projection observed in the interim fixed two million degrees centigrade as the lowest internal temperature by which they could be accounted for 
although admitting the photospheric condensations to be incompatible with a higher external temperature than fifty thousand degrees to one hundred thousand degrees centigrade this method of going straight to the sun itself observing what goes on there and inferring conditions has much to recommend it but its profitable use demands knowledge we are still very far from possessing we are quite ignorant for instance of the actual circumstances attending the birth of the solar flames the assumption that they are nothing but phenomena of elasticity is a purely gratuitous one spectroscopic indications again give hope of eventually affording a fixed point of comparison with terrestrial heat sources but their interpretation is still beset with uncertainties nor can indeed the expression of transcendental temperatures in degrees of impossible thermometers be at the best other than a futile attempt to convey notions respecting a state of things altogether outside the range of our experience a more tangible as well as a less disputable proof of solar radiative intensity than any mere estimates of temperature was provided in some experiments made by professor langley in eighteen seventy eight using means of unquestioned validity he found the sun's disk to radiate eighty-seven times as much heat and five thousand three hundred times as much light as an equal area of metal in a bessemer converter after the air blast had continued about twenty minutes the brilliancy of the incandescent steel nevertheless was so blinding that melted iron flowing in a dazzling white-hot stream into the crucible showed deep brown by comparison presenting a contrast like that of dark coffee poured into a white cup its temperature was estimated not quite securely at about two thousand degrees centigrade and no allowances were made in computing relative intensities for atmospheric ravages on sunlight for the extra impediments to its passage presented by the smoke-laden air of pittsburgh or for the obliquity of its incidence thus a very large balance of advantage lay on the side of the metal a further element of uncertainty in estimating the intrinsic strength of the sun's rays has still to be considered from the time that his disk first began to be studied with the telescope it was perceived to be less brilliant near the edges lucas valerius of the lincian academy seems to have been the first to note this fact which strangely enough was denied by galileo in a letter to prince Sessi of january twenty five sixteen thirteen father shiner however fully admitted it and devoted some columns of his bulky tome to the attempt to find its appropriate explanation in seventeen twenty nine measured with much accuracy the amount of this darkening and from his data laplace adopting a principle of emission now known to be erroneous concluded that the sun loses eleven twelfths of his light through absorption in his own atmosphere the real existence of this atmosphere which is totally distinct from the beds of ignited vapours producing the fraunhofer lines is not open to doubt although its nature is still a matter of conjecture 
the separate effects of its action on luminous thermal and chemical rays were carefully studied by father secchi who in eighteen seventy inferred the total absorption to be eighty eight over one hundred of all radiations taken together and added the important observation that the light from the limb is no longer white but reddish brown absorptive effects were thus seen to be unequally distributed and they could evidently be studied to advantage only by taking the various rays of the spectrum separately and finding out how much each had suffered in transmission this was done by h c vogel in eighteen seventy seven using a polarizing photometer he found that only thirteen per cent of the violet rays escape at the edge of the solar disk sixteen of the blue and green twenty-five of the yellow and thirty per cent of the red midway between centre and limb eighty-eight point seven of violet light and ninety-six point seven of red penetrate the absorbing envelope the abolition of which would increase the intensity of the sun's visible spectrum above two and a half times in the most and once and a half times in the least refrangible parts the nucleus of a small spot was ascertained to be of the same luminous intensity as a portion of the unbroken surface about two and a half minutes from the limb these experiments having been made during a spot minimum when there is reason to think that absorption is below its average strength vogel suggested their repetition at a time of greater activity they were extended to the heat rays by edwin b frost detailed inquiries made at potsdam in eighteen ninety two went to show that were the sun's atmosphere removed his thermal power as regards ourselves would be increased one point seven times they established too the practical uniformity in radiation of all parts of his disc a confirmatory result was obtained about the same time by wilson and rambeau who found that the unveiled sun would be once and a half times hotter than the actual sun professor langley now of washington gave to measures of the kind a refinement previously undreamt of reliable determinations of the energy of the individual spectral rays were for the first time rendered possible by his invention of the bolometer in eighteen eighty this exquisitely sensitive instrument affords the means of measuring heat not directly like the thermopile but in its effects upon the conduction of electricity it represents in the phrase of the inventor the finger laid upon the throttle valve of a steam engine a minute force becomes the modulator of a much greater force and thus from imperceptible becomes conspicuous by locally raising the temperature of an inconceivably fine strip of platinum serving as the conducting wire in a circuit the flow of electricity is impeded at that point and the included galvanometer records a disturbance of the electrical flow amounts of heat were thus detected in less than ten seconds which expended during a thousand years on the melting of a kilogram of ice would leave a part of the work still undone and further improvements rendered this marvellous instrument capable of thrilling to changes of temperature falling short of one ten millionth of a degree centigrade the heat contained in the diffraction spectrum is with equal dispersions barely one-tenth of that in the prismatic spectrum it had accordingly never previously been found possible to measure it 
in detail that is ray by ray but it is only from the diffraction or normal spectrum that any true idea can be gained as to the real distribution of energy among the various constituents visible and invisible of a sunbeam the effective passage through a prism is to crowd together the red rays very much more than the blue to this prismatic distortion was owing the establishment of a pseudo-maximum of heat in the infrared which disappeared when the natural arrangement by wave-length was allowed free play langley's bolometer has shown that the hottest part of the normal spectrum virtually coincides with its most luminous part both lying in the orange close to the d line thus the last shred of evidence in favour of the threefold division of solar radiations vanished and it became obvious that the varying effects thermal luminous or chemical produced by them are due not to any distinction of quality in themselves but to the different properties of the substances they impinge upon they are simply bearers of energy conveyed in shorter or longer vibrations the result in each separate case depending upon the capacity of the material particles meeting them for taking up those shorter or longer vibrations and turning them variously to account in their inner economy a long series of experiments at allegheny was completed in the summer of eighteen eighty one on the crest of mount whitney in the sierra nevada here at an elevation of fourteen thousand eight hundred and eighty seven feet in the driest and purest air perhaps in the world atmospheric absorptive inroads become less sensible and the indications of the bolometer consequently surer and stronger an enormous expansion was at once given to the invisible region in the solar spectrum below the red captain abney had got chemical effects from undulations twelve ten thousandths of a millimetre in length these were the longest recognized as or indeed believed on theoretical grounds to be capable of existing professor langley now got heating effects from rays of above twice that wavelength his delicate thread of platinum groping its way down nearly to thirty ten thousandths of a millimetre or three microns the known extent of the solar spectrum was thus at once more than doubled its visible portion covers a range of about one octave bolometric indications already in eighteen eighty four comprise between three and four the great importance of the newly explored region appears from the fact that three-fourths of the entire energy of sunlight reside in the infrared while scarcely more than one hundredth part of that amount is found in the better known ultraviolet space these curious facts were reinforced in eighteen eighty six by further particulars learned with the help of rock salt lenses and prisms glass being impervious to very slow as to very rapid vibrations traces were thus detected of solar heat distributed into bands of transmission alternating with bands of atmospheric absorption far beyond the measurable limit of five point three microns in eighteen ninety four langley described at the oxford meeting of the british association his new bolographic researches in which the sensitive plate was substituted for the eye in recording deflections of the galvanometer responding to variations of invisible heat 
finally in nineteen o one he embodied in a splendid map of the infrared spectrum seven hundred and forty absorption lines of determinate wavelengths ranging from zero point seven six to five point three microns their chemical origin indeed remains almost entirely unknown no extensive investigations having yet been undertaken of the slower vibrations distinctive of particular substances but there is evidence that seven of the nine great bands crossing the new spectrum as langley calls it are telluric and subject to seasonal change here then he thought might eventually be found a sure standing-ground for vitally important previsions of famines droughts and bonanza crops atmospheric absorption had never before been studied with such precision as it was by langley on mount whitney aided by simultaneous observations from lone pine at the foot of the sierra he was able to calculate the intensity belonging to each ray before entering the earth's gaseous envelope in other words to construct an extra atmospheric curve of energy in the spectrum the result showed that the blue end suffered far more than the red absorption varying inversely as wavelength this property of stopping predominantly the quicker vibrations is shared as both vogel and langley have conclusively shown by the solar atmosphere the effect of this double absorption is as if two plates of reddish glass were interposed between us and the sun the withdrawal of which would leave his orb not only three or four times more brilliant but in colour distinctly greenish-blue the fact of the uncovered sun being blue has an important bearing upon the question of his temperature to afford a somewhat more secure answer to which was the ultimate object of professor langley's persevering researches for it is well known that as bodies grow hotter the proportionate representation in their spectra of the more refrangible rays becomes greater the lowest stage of incandescence is the familiar one of red heat as it gains intensity the quicker vibrations come in and an optical balance of sensation is established at white heat the final term of blue heat as we now know is attained by the photosphere on this ground alone then of the large original preponderance of blue light we must raise our estimate of solar heat and actual measurements show the same upward tendency until quite lately Pouillet's figure of one point seven calories per minute per square centimetre of terrestrial surface was the received value for the solar constant forbes had it is true got two point eight five from observations on the fall horn in eighteen forty two but they failed to obtain the confidence they merited pouillet's result was not definitely superseded until viol from actinometrical measures at the summit and base of mont blanc in eighteen seventy five computed the intensity of solar radiation at two point five four and crova about the same time at montpellier showed it to be above two calories langley went still higher working out the results of the mount whitney expedition he was led to conclude atmospheric absorption to be fully twice as effective as had hitherto been supposed scarcely sixty per cent in fact of those solar radiations which strike perpendicularly through a seemingly translucent sky were estimated to attain the sea level the rest are reflected dispersed or absorbed 
this discovery involved a large addition to the original supply so mercilessly cut down in transmission and the solar constant rose at once to three calories nor did the rise stop there m savelief deduced for it a value of three point four seven from actinometrical observations made at kiev in eighteen ninety and knut angstrom taking account of the arrestive power of carbonic acid inferred enormous atmospheric absorption and a solar constant of four calories in other words the sun's heat reaching the outskirts of our atmosphere is capable of doing without cessation the work of an engine of four horsepower for each square yard of the earth's surface thus modern inquiries tend to render more and more evident the vastness of the thermal stores contained in the great central reservoir of our system while bringing into fair agreement the estimates of its probable temperature this is in great measure due to the acquisition of a workable formula by which to connect temperature with radiation stephan's rule of a fourth power relation if not actually a law of nature is a colourable imitation of one and its employment has afforded a practical certainty that the sun's temperature so far as it is definable neither exceeds twelve thousand degrees centigrade nor falls short of six thousand five hundred degrees centigrade End of chapter five